When we speak about personalized, we always refer to uh, the online experience saying, okay, how, how can it feel personalized? But in the end, you know, there's nothing more personalized than one individual staff that knows me well in a given point of sale speaking to me through the online channel. Hello and welcome to the 25 Days of Transformation series, where we talk to industry experts and global brands about the highs and lows of digital transformation. We'll learn from real-world business examples, get first-hand industry insights from the digital experts, and we'll take a deep dive into what trends to look out for in the coming months. I'm Tizzy Philp, Strategic Content Lead here at Valtech, and I'm here to guide you through these conversations and to uncover the latest and greatest in digital. Today, I'm joined by JC Herman, EVP Retail for Valtech. JC's career has included roles such as EVP for Strategy and Digital Commerce at Tommy Hilfiger and Group Digital and E-Commerce Director for the European giant grocery retailer Carrefour. With Valtech for the last six years, he has guided some of the best-known retailers in their digital transformations. And here to give us his insights into the retail trends of 2021, over the next 20 minutes, we'll get to grips with what's to come after a year of serious industry disruption. So JC, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, uh, Tizi, in in this uh, podcast. There's no question about the impact of COVID on the retail industry, but whilst there have been massive challenges, we've also seen some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of a rapid acceleration of the trends that were perhaps in the earlier stages of development pre-pandemic. Do you think there's been irreparable damage done by COVID or can brands recover in time? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. There is light, as you say, but uh, obviously uh, we don't know how far that light is in the tunnel. We don't know. Um, I mean, here in the U.S. where I am right now, we're saying the light could be, uh, you know, eight months from now. Um, some, let's say, maybe wiser people are thinking that the way out is probably in a year. So this will have been a major we could say major crisis, of course, the health crisis that de- degenerated into uh, into an economic crisis. So yes, I think I think some retailers, especially in, in the non-food categories, obviously because grocery retailers are are quite okay right now, but non-food retailers uh, have been uh, have been impacted significantly. Especially, of course, if they had not engaged some major omni-channel, fully omni-channel experience. Typically, if they had not develop significant drive-in type of services, they have been impacted in terms of dramatic um, slowdown of traffic in their physical store. So I, I do think we will see, especially in the large department store, uh, it's particularly obvious here in the US, these concepts were already before COVID, already in a, in a difficult situation. As I call them, they were physical marketplaces. But when you say physical marketplaces, you, we, we all get the, the point that uh, physical marketplace cannot be relevant anymore. And therefore, most department store um, are probably either not going to make it or, you know, uh, find themselves in a very difficult consolidation moment. In fact, here in New York, where I am, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty impactful to see, um, to see all those closed department stores. Yeah, it's really highlighted who is in a good position going into this pandemic and who's been able to adapt and recover quickly enough to weather the storm. 
In October, we were celebrating the launch of the MAC Cosmetics store launch in Queens, New York. That's a store that delivers a full omnichannel experience for customers. Why do you think experiences like that are going to be so important for customers and consumers and brands in the future? Isn't in-store retail less likely now than ever before? Um, I, I think that's an extremely relevant point and question. Most concepts have seen traffic in store be- even before COVID uh, or eroding uh, sharply. If you speak about department store, slowly. If you speak about other types of uh, of retail activity, uh, of course, putting aside grocery, which has been stable uh, during COVID, I do think that the in store experience. And the way we, we, we measure the value of a visit in store has to change dramatically post-COVID. Long story short, physical stores have been in an omni-channel retail. Physical stores have, have been seen as uh, mostly measured thanks to traffic, conversion, and basket value. Uh, I think this approach is going to be, let's say, secondary uh, after COVID. Uh, really using physical store to onboard visitors and clients into the omni-channel space of the brand and of the retailer is going to be critical. So really referring to lifetime value, it means that when you have someone in store, you have to make sure that that customer or that visitor is fully engaging into the digital experience of, of, of the brand. So it's quite paradoxical because you feel, well, the, uh, the, the visitor is in a physical store. Why should he engage digitally? Well, he should engage digitally because... His, his frequency of visits probably post-COVID will be significantly lower than pre-COVID for, for a lot of reasons, you know, whether it's uh, new new behavior after um, that acquired during COVID uh, and also health suspicions also about being too long in physical retail. So, um, so really, uh, I, I think the core of the change for physical successful retail after COVID will be lifetime value management of visitors and really onboarding them with their mobile phone and boarding them in a, in a very strong fashion, which means staff will ha- need to have the tools to do this and learn to uh, segment the visitors and spend the right time with, let's say, new visitors that discover the brand. That's for me is, is, is a very sharp turn post-COVID. I'm interested in the differences between smaller retailers and these massive global brands, because obviously there is a sharp difference between what they can and can't afford to do. And not every retailer is going to have the same budget that that a company that the size of Mac Cosmetics has. So does that mean that we are pushing the smaller brick and mortar based retailers further out of the marketplace here? Or is there an opportunity for them too? Yeah, of course, the question is, what do we call a small retailer compared to a large retailer? Let's say... I don't see the actual execution, mobile-centric execution of, of, of the future up-to-date omni-channel service for a retailer as being a barrier for, for a small, medium-sized retailer. Uh, if you look at really at the budgets that, uh, that we have with our clients uh, and the, the overall cost for them, by the way, of, of transforming themselves in a, and establish a, a very efficient an attractive omnichannel service. It's not so much the technical execution that is costly because really you capitalize on, on the customer's mobile phone. What really is costly is the time for the organization to be relevant on designing the experience. So really uh, having in mind the services that will 
attract attention that will enable the store visitor to engage with his mobile phone. So in that sense, once this is mature and relevant, once the experience uh, seen for in the context of each retailer that is fully relevant and, and fully designed and in detail, then the actual technical execution is not so costly. So I, I guess my answer to that is up-to-date post-COVID omnichannel services and relevant services is uh, it can be uh, done for any size retailer. The question is how relevant is the organization in understanding what's really attractive to engage in store on, on, on the, the visitor's mobile? I think we'll talk a little bit later about where companies should start if they're thinking about embarking on something like this and the steps that they need to take. But before we come on to that, the other big threat we see in the marketplace at the moment is this emerging threat of marketplaces. I think people will be most familiar with Amazon or Alibaba. But if we look at giants like Amazon, how can retailers realistically compete with a business that operates on that scale and has every resource available to them? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a central question because, as you underline, you know, COVID has accelerated adoption of e-commerce in every product category. And I have to say, you know, pure players like the one you're mentioning uh, and large marketplaces have done a great job during this phase to, uh, in terms of customer service. I mean, they were already top service, but they have even improved it. And uh, probably the answer lies in in the upgrading of, of the physical experience. For retailers that are not able to significantly upgrade that experience, it, it, it is probable that uh, you know, marketplaces will increase category penetration and, and market share in terms of retailing over classic retailers. But if the actual store experience is, is bringing something which really makes a difference with the actual physical experience, which which means in terms of staff uh, staff relationship, in terms of product trial, in terms of excitement, even in terms of fun, you know, in, in, inside the store, then I think this will be uh, and remain a key channel for retailers to uh, onboard new customers uh, and retain, uh, you know, uh, high value customers. But the pressure is there. The pressure to to transform the physical experience is critical, but also, of course, to upgrade the the e-commerce experience. Uh, The e-commerce experience of a lot of retailers was treated as the number two channel. And getting progressively out of that COVID moment and period requires really an excellent e-commerce experience. And and for some retailers, uh, they've been lagging behind in terms of investment uh, and in terms of focus, in fact, the good news is we do see a lot of our clients in that field catching up during COVID because they're fully aware that not only has this been the key channel during COVID, but will remain and eventually become the number one channel in terms of engagement and eventually transaction. To quote, for example, the fashion market, all the, the estimates are that e-commerce uh, will probably have gained three or four years in terms of penetration. So meaning that, you know, we're going to jump from somewhere between 15, 20% penetration uh, rapidly in, in the coming two years to uh, to 40%, uh, making it the absolute, you know, um, centric uh, channel for, uh, for fashion engagement and transaction. If we go back a little bit, the phrase that you've used over and over again during that was customer experience. 
it has to be about adding a level of customer experience that is so much better than the experience that these marketplaces or pure players can offer. There has to be something that challenges that service. It's so easy for us to click and collect and get something the next day. So what can retailers offer that makes that experience worth going into a store for? And how can we create these physical stores as destination centers again? There's another thing that's interesting about digitally enabling the staff. So this idea of taking in-store staff from being order takers to advisors through digital means. Have you got any examples of where that's worked really well or where businesses are trying to achieve that? Yes, you're right. I mean, I did refer to the fact that the the staff needs the right tooling in in this new um, full integrated omni-channel experience. I do see a lot of companies, especially in the luxury uh, end of the markets, uh, engaging on client telling services of of a new sort. Basically, the idea is that you need to put the, the power of CRM in the hands of the staff. And I see that coming very strongly. Uh, That's also a way to leverage that incredible experience that store staff have in in client relationship, knowing that in the luxury space, you know, they've been for some of them this period and and eventually even post-COVID will will show some idle moments in in the store during those, let's say, uh, low traffic moments, then they can engage thanks to an updated and powerful uh, client telling tool Uh, They know their customers very well. They will be able to customize messages, but they need the right tools, of course, and library of message, library of content that they can use. But this could be a very personalized relationship established between the point of sale and the customer. So when we speak about personalized, we always refer to uh, the online experience saying, okay, how, how can it feel personalized? But in the end, you know, there's nothing more personalized than one individual staff that knows me well in a given point of sale, speaking to me through the online channel. So, uh, so yeah, you're right. This is a this is critical. So, uh, staff tooling is a is a priority post COVID. That's for sure. What are the three top insights that you could leave us with for 2021? You know, if brands are looking for a quick route to recovery, what's going to get them there? What learnings can they take from the last year, and what advice can you give them going forward? Yeah, that's the tough question, right? Generally, of course, we are looking for quick wins, but my experience is that retailers that really thrive and in fact thrive during and after this kind of crisis are are those who had proof of concept projects that were already you know, small investment projects, but they were, but they were nevertheless trying to be relevant and, and, and try to prototype some services. Those are really the ones that can accelerate. And by the way, since uh, exit of COVID is probably a year, a year from now, let's say back to some kind of normality, there is still a lot of, of time to engage on, on this kind of uh, proof of concept. So uh, I would say, if I had to be very clear, uh, first, of course, uh, tooling for the staff and clienteling tool, I think, would, would make a lot of sense. Augmented experience in-store, capitalizing on the visitor's mobile with typically QR codes type of, of, of content triggering, that's a quick win. Um, I hate to use the word quick win because, you know, it's a lot of effort and energy, but... But in this case, I really would say that we know everything about it. You know, we know how to to disperse QR code. We know how to make the relevant content, short videos, short images, short text uh, available, uh, you know, uh, on a given aisle, uh, on a given shelf, on a given product tag. So I think this could be a real winner 
if it's if it's done properly and, and started early. And it's not very costly. It's more a transformation issue than a real cost issue. And of course, making sure e-commerce, as we said previously, is a, a state of the art in terms of a, of mobile experience. You know, some some brands are still not fully conscious that we have gone beyond 50% traffic and we're going now above 50% transaction on mobile. And being really mobile-centric in terms of e-commerce experience, you know, whether it's a web app or whether it's an app, uh, is becoming crucial. So I, I think some brands, you know, were going slowly in that direction. They, they knew about it, but, uh, you know, now it's time to act because this, this mobile channel is, is really core, as we, we said during this conversation, not only in-store, but also in terms of uh, e-commerce efficiency. So that would be, I guess, the three directions. So retailers definitely shouldn't panic yet. There are things they can do over the next couple of months to bolster their chances of getting through 2021 and beyond. Oh, absolutely. The good news is there is time if retailers, of course, have the resource, the financial means to to make it for another 8 to 12 months in terms of transition back to normality or to post-COVID. There is time to... to um, to work on on these dimensions and uh, in fact i'm optimistic because a lot of our clients have asked us to engage these pieces of work uh, to deliver those uh, those updated experiences jc thanks so much for joining us that was a great chat lots of information and lots to look forward to over the next couple of years so thanks again thanks to you td and thanks for having me you've been listening to the 25 days of transformation series from valtech cafe If you enjoyed this podcast, then why not subscribe and keep up to date with all of the episodes in this series and a whole host of insights from the Valtech Cafe back catalogue. And if you'd like more information about what we do or to get in touch, why not visit us at valtech.com to find out the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.